Well, good morning, everyone. Kevin apologised to me. He should be apologising to you, really. Um, if we stretch out the morning service a little bit and we brought forward the evening service, we might just meet in the middle and we'll be all right. Praise the Lord. Easter is such a precious, precious day. We have 365 days in the year. And uh, in the Christian calendar, surely it is the most precious um, of days. A wonderful, wonderful day. And uh, we just look back to the time when it was just another day. It was just a day to um, just have a long weekend from work and so on and so on. But, and then you come to know the Lord and it all changes. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you'd like to look at John and chapter 20. The wonderful thing with the account of the resurrection is that it's all in recorded in all three uh, of the gospel, all three gospels, yeah, we've got a different Bible than mine, uh, all four of the gospels, uh, and you look at the four and it all just weaves together in a most wonderful, wonderful way. So we're looking at John 20 and in verse 1, and we see early on the first day of the week, whilst it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was with him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still not understood, understand from scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. 
I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. May the Lord bless his word to us. If you were at Stoke Fleming on Good Friday for the conference with Sam Gordon, if you were there in the afternoon, there were two girls who did a duet. And they sang a song that, uh, I have to say, probably one of the most beautiful songs I have ever heard. And if you go on YouTube and you just put, I've just seen Jesus. I've just seen Jesus. And it is the most moving account, right from the word, of what we've just read. Many years ago, there was one of the old spiritual songs, um, and it asked the question, were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when God raised him from the dead? And the answer is that for each of us here today, the answer is actually, no, we weren't. None of us here. But the Bible tells us in the passage that we have seen today that there was one person, one lady, who was literally plucked from obscurity, whose name is recorded forever, and her name is Mary Magdalene. We know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, as far as the scripture's concerned, she takes pole position. But for the account of the resurrection, well, we're actually moving Mary Magdalene into the front of the starting grid today. Until the Easter message, we know very little about her. There's been a lot written that she could have been this. She could have been a prostitute. She could have been all these different things. And all that we know for fact, because this is what we deal with as far as the scriptures are concerned, is that she was once possessed by seven demons, seven evil spirits. And the Lord Jesus released her. She released her. He released her. She was set free. Set free to worship. Set free to serve. And serve him she did in life and now in his death. Two years from being released, from being set free, this same Jesus, the one she loved, the one she served, the one she followed, had been taken, had been arrested, had been brutalized, had been tortured within a fracture of his life. He had been humiliated and he'd been nailed into the cross. And she'd seen him taken down from the cross. She'd seen him laid in the tomb. There at the cross of Jesus was his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. She was there. She was there at the cross. And now we're going to find her at the tomb. Were you there? Mary was, right to the very end. And Mary wept. She wept when Nicodemus, one of the Jewish ruling council members and Joseph of Arimathea 
when they went to Pilate and said, Sir, may we have the body of Jesus? And as the Sabbath was rapidly approaching and the dead were not left on crosses at this time, they gave consent. Permission was granted. And they wrapped the body of the Lord Jesus in the linen and quietly made their way to the tomb. Mary followed and Mary wept. Along with another, she sat opposite the tomb and watched the great stone rolled into place and sealed. And the Roman guard was appointed on fear of their life that nothing and no one must go near. The women went home and Mary wept. Finally, the long Sabbath was over. If you've ever waited for something, the clock seems to just drag by so slowly. And finally, it was coming to doom, to tomb. It was coming to dawn and they could make their way to the tomb. Mary and others hasted there to embalm the body of the Lord Jesus. But then we read something, something was going to interfere. Something was going to make sure that life was never going to be the same. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, whilst it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. If you could imagine that you went to a, a churchyard, to a graveyard, to, to maybe lay flowers on, on the grave of a loved one, and you was to see that stone had been moved, that the gravestone had been upturned, how would you feel? You'd be horrified. And this was just exactly the same that morning. Matthew tells us in his account of the gospel that the stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out, but to let the others see in. Mary Magdalene runs to tell the disciples. Peter and John set off to race there. John's the first, and he waits at the tomb entrance. Along comes Peter, and just as we would expect, straight in. That was Peter. Speak first, think later. Act first, think later. Just do it. He certainly was the action man. The grave clothes were still there, lying folded neatly, not required again. John believed the evidence before him. But yet with Peter, didn't fully understand what was happening. Even though Jesus had repeatedly taught them. He, he taught them as clear as was possible. He said to them, look, behold, we are going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to death, deliver him to the Gentiles. They will mock him, scrouge, scrouge him, spit on him, kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. It does not get any clearer than that. And yet still, even though the evidence was before them, they did not yet understand the scales were before their eyes. Question is, would we have believed? Would we have believed? 
There's the question. Well, we see in that uh, verse 9 of our passage, As yet they did not know the scripture, that he must rise again from the dead. You see, it's all right hearing something, but understanding it and believing it and taking it into your life is a totally different situation. There can be a head knowledge or there can be a heart knowledge. The disciples, they just went home. But Mary, two little words. But Mary stood outside the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white, one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had laid Past tense. They went home. But Mary. Mary was there. Can you imagine a distress? Can you imagine a distress? And now when she had said this. She turned round. And saw Jesus standing there. But did not know that it was Jesus. She turned round. She sensed there was someone else there. She saw, she sees Jesus, but she doesn't recognize him. And Jesus said to her, woman, notice that, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? When we look through the Gospels, we see so many times Jesus asks a question that he actually knows the answer to. He just wants them. To share. Who are you looking for? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. She was so committed. She just wanted to do one final act. Still wishing to serve him, even in his death. And then something incredible, something miraculous, something absolutely wonderful happens. Jesus said to her, Mary, that's all, just the one word, Mary. The risen Saviour speaks that one precious word and she replies, now the NIV that we read before just says my teacher it actually means my great teacher it is the most personal it is the most intimate of reference of relationship it's only ever used twice in scripture Rabboni my great teacher my master. We read, don't we, in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But there, in that garden tomb area, it's all got very personal. <coughs> Mary. Rabboni. If we would have read in Mark's Gospel, the account that Mark gives, the disciples are in the garden, uh, the, the women are in the garden, 
and uh, they speak with the angels and they said go and tell his disciples and Peter go and tell his disciples and Peter the Lord has got a message just for Peter Peter has to be restored and now it's the turn of Mary Mary Rabboni he's the saviour of the world praise God but he is also the saviour of the individual. We read in the first chapter of John's Gospel, he came to his own, his own received him not. But as many who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Mary was one of the as many. Are you? Do you, When I'm sharing these things, do you understand? Have you received the Lord as your saviour? It's coming up now. I don't know what, 34 years, 35 years since the Lord called my name. There was one or two others there at the same time. There was 36,000 people round about in Anfield Stadium up in Liverpool there. I hadn't gone to watch the football I'd gone to listen to this man from America, this Billy Graham. All the advertisements said, worth listening to. My word, was he worth listening to? And he gave this message. And he shared that Jesus said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. And somehow, in some way, God, the Holy Spirit, just touched my heart. It was just as if the Lord is saying, Derek, come on down, come on down. And, I, I, and it wouldn't have happened, I know. But if anyone had tried to keep me in my seat, I think I would have fought them off that day. Because God speaks your name. He's the saviour of the world, but he's the saviour of the individual. And along with about 4,000 people, I went down onto that football field. And received the Lord Jesus Christ as my saviour. And I thank God for every second since. He called. And I came. Jesus said, Mary, Rabboni, my teacher, my great teacher. Jesus calls us by name. And we have two responses. The first response that most of the world makes is, so what? So what? The second is, so what can I do about it? What can I do about it? This Easter Sunday, 2019, could be your coronation day. Could be your second birthday. Could be the day when you know that every single thing you were ever done wrong, every sin can be forgiven. The slate can be wiped clean. You can have that fresh start. And amidst all the bunnies and the chicks and all the other things, it can be your precious birthday. Your fresh start. Your new beginning. And because he lives, the promise of heaven I speak to people in hospital 
and there's a very different types of people. There's a lot of religious people about. And you speak to people about the faith and some say, well, yes, um, yeah, well, oh, I used to clean the church. Oh, that's good. Oh, I used to be a sidesman. Or I used to do this, or I used to do that, or, 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 or I gave. I, oh, I always gave. I made sure that, you know, that the, the, some of my money went into the church. Oh, all commendable things. But they won't get you into heaven. They will not get you into heaven. I spoke to a man up in the north once. And I said, if you die tonight, will you be in heaven tonight? And he said, oh yes, definitely. He said, I'm part of the rotary. He said, uh, he said we gave £3,000 last year. I said, I'm sorry, it's not enough. Well, we're trying for four this year. Oh, no, I'm sorry, it, it's not enough. Because you cannot buy your way in. The greatest thing that we ever have is free. Because the price has already been paid. Do you know this? Do you know this? Quite often we get called out to what we call an end of life situation. And the, 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 the man or the lady, uh, they're, they're now, they're comatose. And you know what? It's just heartbreaking because you're just uncertain of where their future lies. With God or without God. And whilst we are alive, whilst we have a breath in our body, whilst we've got this, we can make this decision. We can believe this word. Not me. It's nothing to do with me. It's what God says. It's what God says. That you can be born again. You can have this new birth. And you can have it today. Or you can put it off and you can say, well... If, if I start to feel ill, if, 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 if I think, well, you know, maybe I've not got long to live, I'll, uh, maybe I'll give it a go then. You know, none of us know. None of us know whatsoever. We have no idea. And, of course, we never know when the Lord's going to come back. That lovely banner at the back says, Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. We may not all be here at Christmas, because we may be celebrating Christmas with the Lord. And what a Christmas party that will be. I want to leave the last words with Peter. Peter always got something to say. Now Peter's been inspired to write his first letter. He says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who according to his abundant mercy. Has begotten us again to a living hope. Do you know the Christian's hope is not a dead hope. It's not a hopeless hope. It's a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Hallelujah. This is a living hope. To an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, that is reserved in heaven for you. Oh, that is just so wonderful. <laughs> you know, there's so many times, have you, you never heard some, somebody will say, you know, one day all this will be yours. No, it doesn't. They leave it to the cat's home or somewhere like that. But here's the promise for the believer of an inheritance that is incorruptible. It won't rot, it won't perish, it won't devalue. It is reserved in heaven for you through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And yet still people resist. 
still people think, well, I'm a good person. There's more on my good list than on my bad list, so I think God will be all right with me. Well, in a couple of weeks, we'll be thinking about the other side of God in our services here when we move into May. Thank God for Mary Magdalene. But even more so, thank God for Jesus and that glorious resurrection. The Lord bless his word to us even today. Well, this is one of these days when we're just spoiled for uh, choice. We, we could be singing all day. In fact, I thought we were going to be singing all day, but we could be singing all day with these wonderful, wonderful hymns. And uh, the, the one that I chose to finish with uh, is called Because He Lives. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to